0: welcome back guys uh to another special show here on the disclosure team youtube channel today i'm joined by christopher sharp we are just going to be doing a fairly short show just to talk about the latest news with the national defense authorization act for fiscal year 2023 we'll briefly touch upon the delayed uap report so yeah guys without further ado please welcome christopher sharp how you doing chris yeah.
1: Yeah not too bad banks please excuse the slight cough on my my behalf
0: <coughs> no problem at all <laughs> yeah, it's really good yeah all good it's that time of year when we're all getting a, a little bit under the weather but we'll uh, we'll carry on either way so listen thank you so much for joining me here i just wanted to sort of talk about the the latest as i say with the ndaa um i think it's best probably first to start back sort of after the congressional hearings that we had because we started to hear some language coming out fairly quickly after that, so in the summertime. So are you able to just bring us up to speed on what that was?
1: Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, of course. So what happened was that after the the hearings, it it became clear that um, briefings were happening behind the scenes um, with, in my opinion, whistleblowers. Because what happened in the summer was that the Senate released its Intelligence Authorization Act, the draft of it, and that was the one that contained all the provisions for the, uh, the, the whistleblowers. So it became abundantly clear, as the source stated to me, that that did not come from a vacuum. There was information provided to the Senate Intelligence Committee. So that's the language that came out, and then after that you had an explanatory report and that explanatory report was basically stating that you know um, there's been an exponential increase in um, these kinds of objects <clears throat> in terms of transmedium objects. Um, and they also criticised the the Pentagon as well, um, and, and that was nothing new really. I think uh, <clears throat> case in point was the 2019 instance in the Pacific in that you were told that these were unmanned aerial systems. But there was no information coming at all and provided about the origin and the people who were kind of um, controlling controlling these things who were the controllers who were the origin um and that was something that i think really um got under got un- got under their feet really and, and they were they were not very very happy about it so yeah that 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 was really really important i think that um that senate Inter- intelligence report was
0: yeah absolutely and um, we started to hear whispers as well in the last six months about crash retrieval programs being talked about behind the scenes did you hear anything much about that from sources or, or what, what can you say about that
1: yeah they, they exist there's historic um programs and then there's programs that are currently active right now that is it's clearly for me becoming a fact and not speculation so, and, and that's something that is kind of made clear in terms of what they're trying to get at in, within the National Defense Authorization Act, because to make it clear that Intelligence authori- Authorization Act is now being coupled with the National Defense Authorization Act, whereas last year there were two separate, separate things. Um, so yeah, it makes it clear basically that um, it, it compels r- reporting of, any programs that have not explicitly been reported to the key congressmen like chairs on the key committees like the intelligence committees and the armed services committees so what it's basically state stating is that if if you've got knowledge or if you've been working on these these programs then you can break your non-disclosure agreement um you know even if it's you can. Break an executive order as well um and and uh, you know uh, the atomic um energy act and, and the secrecy kind of like binded by that uh, you, you can break those kind of things to report that knowledge to arrow so that's something the legislation makes clear that you can now report that information and then once arrow has validated that information then uh, they report it to the Secretary of Defence. That they're, they're no longer reporting to Moultrie's office. That's gone, which is great news because it was full of Gary Reed allies. So now they're going straight to the <laughs> deputy um, Secretary of defence and Secretary of Defence office and reporting to them. So then what happens is the <laughs> Secretary of Defence will then have 72 hours to report that information to the, the relevant committees. So th- this is really, really big stuff. This is really, really kind of like firm, firm language here. And because it now falls on the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, you know, there's, there's more accountability to this now.
0: Yeah, one thing that I think we heard when Arrow was first formed, there was another group, the Arrow Exec, which I think is some kind of oversight board. Um, what can you say about that? Because I think Moultrie was even attached to that in some way
1: yeah yeah that was something that was legislated um last year so that was when the DOD and ODNI came out with Arrow in what AOIMSG as it was known then in the first place and um yeah they were really kind of like the controllers of this and um I I think that the main guy like in this group at the time was Gary Reed which is someone you don't want heading up <laughs> this kind of like effort, really. And also, it, it's I, I think as well you have to make it abundantly clear that at that time um, there was no Kirkpatrick, there was no director of the office. Um, so I mean, I've got limited knowledge in terms of like the ins and outs and workings of that. Um, but I, I do know that I was having a Gary Reed was involved in he was the last person you wanted wanted involved but yeah, now a lot of the accountability falls on kirkpatrick
0: yeah and you mentioned him you know we know he's been heading the arrow group um but we also saw earlier in the year job uh, vacancies coming up being advertised for positions within arrow and i think i read somewhere that they've now been filled but you know let's just touch upon you know obviously we would do the uap report on october 31st and we were all hearing from various sources that it was due and it was coming and then it then it wasn't do you have any latest on that or is it now a case of just sitting and waiting for for when it just appears
1: well firstly there was a briefings more on that so there was the barnes article in new york times people kind of like um stating that look these things (laughs) these things are mostly chinese drones and stuff but yeah i think that story i mean just, just talking to sources from both sides, let's say, I think that peed off everyone, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you, if you don't want this information to come out, it's peed you off, because Congress are unhappy now, and I think it was, I think in my opinion, it was probably made abundantly clear that there's a variety of explanations, possible explanations for UAP, and they're not all Chinese drones. which I think this article kind of like failed to convey, and um, I think that really, really peed a lot of people off, and um, then obviously Congress has got peed off as well now, because it's, if you're on the other side and you want more transparency then that's not good news and then you had another report from Josh Boswell my my co-writer from the Daily Mail and just someone from the intelligence community was just stating to him that look these are not all Chinese drones these things are strange and you know they include like triangles um we've seen orbs um in the Middle East from Reaper drones so like that was making abundantly clear that we're not seeing that so firstly let's establish it from that base that we know that there is some kind of civil war um, within the intelligence community and the DoD regarding this so now we have a situation where we, we know that Congress is not happy um about this situation and there's a delay in the report. Now, we, we know from looking at the last UAP report that there's a lot of um, consultation and coordination that goes into these reports. So what happens is that Arrow, in, in this instance, provides the, like, the data and analysis and whatnot to um, the ODNI, um, and then it's their job to put together a report based on all this stuff being given by Arrow, and they need to coordinate as well with other agencies as well to check boxes, basically. Um, so that can, can include the um, the CIA, it could include the um, National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and it, all, all sorts of things, basically. So <laughs> there's a lot that goes on. And also during this, yes, it is correct. It is correct that Congress has not Seen this in terms of it's not being delivered to Congress yet, so I want to make that abundantly clear. But also, there is something called the legis- There's like a le- legislative affairs kind of like arm to the ODNI, which is basically it's is it's um, liaison office with um, with Congress. So there will be a con- there will be constant back and forth during this process between um, the congressional staffers and <clears throat> the ODNI regarding this report um uh, and that's just to ensure basically that it's uh, it's meeting the, the intent of Congress so <laughs> there's all these things going on and I think you hear some some people say look it's really boring it's just bureaucracy is normal yes that that is something and I know who they're having conversations with as well we all do um, but you know I, I don't know what I don't know at the end of the day there may be knowing what i know and what others know about the background of this we can't say for sure what is causing the delay and it could be something like arrow is basically not essentially meeting the requirements of the intent spelt out in the last national defense Authorization Act. so it could be something down to that we know that arrow has been very very poorly staffed but, um look this is speculation on my behalf but i think that's what usually happens when you're um, when there's a big vacuum and um the impression i'm getting is that no one has an idea what's going on at the moment um i think that that's the only thing i can be quite sure of but i did think it was going to come out in in um in december and that came from very very good knowledge um i passed that as my own knowledge but but it wasn't um but obviously that failed as well and that's just kind of like really spelled out to me that no one knows what is going on
0: yeah and that's the thing like you know it's all always good to have sources who may be sort of on the inside or or know certain things but it gets get to a point where nobody seems to know like like you just said I mean I had a conversation with someone the other day close to to Sean Kirkpatrick and and I think the The basis of what was said is that it's the sheer scale of the project you know it's it's there's so much to do and you you sort of mentioned there all the little bits of communication between different uh agencies and that to get this thing together so i think you know we shouldn't be that surprised that it's delayed and you know we've heard a lot of conspiracies about people saying they're just trying to obfuscate the truth and maybe it is just the fact that it's just a lot of work that needs to be done and due to the lack of staff as you say it could just be that you know, if it's going to be done properly, it's going to take a lot longer than than was ah uh, was given. So, the one thing I will ask is: Are there going to be any sort of ramifications or repercussions for it being delayed and not hitting the original date?
1: No, not that I can see currently. I can see Congress being frustrated because, yeah, as a politician, when people are airing their frustrations about a delay then that's going to inevitably cause frustration with um with congress as well but in so far as legislation I mean it's difficult stating that this one bit of legislation like you know Kirkpatrick having to report directly to the Secretary of Defense now it's difficult to say where that came from we all know that there's been lots of big issues with that former office that was based in S, so we know that but it's difficult to say oh that was down to this reason or it was down to that reason um but I also know as well that Kirkpatrick may have got his way on on some things as well in terms of the legis the finalized legislation so um I mean there's no clear sign right now that I can see that there's any ramifications it looks like now we're in a situation where this new finalized language is kind of like really putting putting the pressure on Kirkpatrick. And if he doesn't deliver, so he's got to deliver like a, re- a report, for instance, which is going to be with the accounting office in previous um, legislation, but now he's going to do it in terms of finding the information from 1945. So, I mean, if he doesn't kind of like deliver on that, I mean, he can be squeezed and um, yeah, the, the onus is really on him now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing I wanted to do is take a look at, um, well, on twitter if you there people should be aware of douglas dean johnson who regularly covers this kind of aspect of the the subject and he recently wrote an article which i wanted to share and just discuss a couple of the points that that he mentioned so if i just bring that up on screen and we'll just talk through it a, a little bit uh here we go so it is a preliminary look at the UAP related provisions of the final proposed fiscal year 2023 National Defense Authorization Act, HR 7776. Um, and if I just scroll down. It says the House passed bill contains two main UAP related provisions found in three sections of the bill. So the first one we wanted to talk about here was bill section 1673 and I'll just read this this first paragraph. It's a secure method for authorised reporting, safe harbour or UAP whistleblower provisions. So this section creates a secure method by which current or former government employees or contractors can submit UAP-related information to the Pentagon UAP office and through the office reach also the Congressional Armed Services and Intelligence Committees. So that's pretty big, government employees, former, and contractors. So does that sort of come into contractors with private organisations? You know, what does that say to you?
1: Yes, it does. That's correct. So, Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you're listening to a lot of the, the chatter about this thing, it's been with these defense contractors like your Lockheeds and stuff for a very, very long time that they get given stuff. It's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna give you this, you try and work it out. And it may be that we've got a situation at the moment where they're finding it very, very difficult to reverse engineer this technology. Um but but yeah, that, that tells me that's explicit now that um that, that there is involvement with um with government um contractors within that so yeah i i think that that's very very important and i think it's something that people um people really really um need to keep an eye on i think in terms of yeah.
0: that and the one thing i will say is that when we hear the word whistleblower and especially associated with the ufo subject is that a lot of people think that if someone blows the whistle, it's going to become public knowledge, what they were involved with, whereas in this instance, this is not going to be public. This is giving them uh, the option, uh, the aim to report behind the scenes, behind closed doors, in closed briefings to the armed services and intelligence committees. This is not suddenly going to blow the subject wide open publicly. And I just wanted to sort of, you know, temper expectations with that
1: yes I can I can see the next big movement in terms of um, advocacy let's say within the UFO community is to actually is um, an effort to galvanize um, people to pressurize Congress to make as much information public as possible I mean in terms of Congress this is all trying to be more transparent about the way this topic's been treated because it's not only being hidden from us is also being hidden from congress as well yeah so i think there will have to be some give in terms of this in terms of kind of like letting some of that information go and kind of like declassifying it which may be down to getting the president involved for example but um but i I think we we may we may see that and um i was thinking just the other day that you know a lot of people say it might not come out the way think it will it may not be the president of the united states uh making a speech or whatever but it could do i mean when you when you had the james webb telescope and its first images being found you know you had a um you had a big event with the president showing off the pictures and stuff like that so it's hard to imagine that any kind of talk about non-human intelligence may not involve the president getting involved although saying that joe biden does have a lot on his hands at the moment as well but it'd be interesting to see whether that might might play out but i think that this is the next big effort trying to get congress to share information with the public
0: yeah absolutely now just going back to the article here one thing that under the new bill the office will retain its current name so we're not going to see another acronym coming in so arrow the all domain anomalies resolution office will um remain which is which is good because it's a lot more palatable
1: and it gets to keep its twitter page
0: there you go and let's hope they tweet a little bit more because they've been a bit quiet on that front so yeah moving down i don't want to go through it all but i think there were the key there was a, a few changes in the language but from the uh intelligence authorization act before it made its way into the ndaa and i think that's really what what covers here what I'll do as well for anybody watching or listening is in the description on YouTube I will pop a link to to Douglas Dean Johnson's article that we're looking through because in the article as well is a PDF a link to a PDF of the 33 pages of provisions that you can read all relating to the UAP subject um, yeah I
1: think like the main thing is that this legislation compels the DOD and intelligence community to fully really cooperate and support the activities of Arrow, um, you know, which does include um, providing, let's say, <laughs> um, you know, people from other offices, um, like um, like or, or or departments like the U.S. Navy, for instance, to be co-located within Arrow um, and to share any non-disclosure agreement any non-disclosure agreements as well related to uap to provide scientific and technical support and, you know even cap- capabilities to respond to to incidents because that's going to be one of the main things as well that you mm-hmm. know you do need cooperations of these other kind of um departments and offices once a new event emerges and yeah that, that'd be really, really important
0: yeah absolutely i mean like we, we're reading this article and this is just you know the provisions that Douglas Dean Johnson thought were important but you know this like I said there's 33 pages of it so you know if someone really wants to sort of dig in themselves then then you know check out all of all of that pdf um but this part here the general revisions pertaining to the Pentagon UAP office arrow and its operations and Arrow conducted historical record reports on government involvement in UAP. So that's, that's huge. And just moving down here as well, I just noticed that, that what you said, it, the new bill significantly elevates the status of the Arrow programme. So it, like you said, reporting directly to the Deputy Secretary of Defense and the Principal Deputy Director of National Intelligence. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is really pushing the conversation forward uh, compared to last year. And I think that that in itself is is something that we should look at in a, a positive light.
1: I think so as well. I think it's clear now that the game's kind of up, and I think, I think I think the information is can't really say too much, but I think the information is kind is coming out, and I think that there's important conversations happening, and yeah, but I, I think. I just want to say I think next year is going to be a really really big year and um there's gonna be a lot of exciting things happening (laughs) so yeah it's gonna it's gonna be really exciting man and um yeah there will be some stuff that I'm gonna put out as well about this um which you might be aware of already so it's Mm -hmm. gonna be it's it's gonna be great man it's yeah 1945 is very very important because that is the date of the alleged Trinity crash and that was at the Trinity kind of like um test sites where they were launching the the atomic bombs we we know let's say that there is some kind of link between atomic bombs going off and the electro electromagnetic pulse um and bringing down these things so I think I think that's that's really really important and then in 1947 which is why that language was there before 1947 that's when you had all these. Um, new agencies and offices created and stuff. So it's easy to kind of get a, um, it's easy to kind of like get a uh, paper trail, go back to them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just read this bit out that pertains to the January 1st, 1945 date. It says the report is to include a compilation and itemization of the key historical record of the involvement of the intelligence community with unidentified anomalous phenomena including any program or activity that was protected by restricted access and has not been explicitly and clearly reported to Congress, then successful or unsuccessful efforts to identify and track unidentified anomalous phenomena. And finally, any efforts to obfuscate and manipulate public opinion, hide or otherwise provide incorrect, unclassified or classified information about unidentified anomalous phenomena or related activities so that's huge and, and the one thing as well is that they've obviously changed the 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 name from unidentified aerial phenomena to unidentified anomalous phenomena which I think is is fitting and, and works better
1: Vinny that is so important you, that is so important what you just read just there yes firstly the name change is very very important because before you had a situation where um the air force is saying it's in space, so we don't have to deal with it. And the space force is saying, Oh, it's in the air or it's in the oceans, we don't have to deal with it. So actually kind of like taking anything to do with that out of the equation, and, and there's definitions there anyway, um, inside um the language basically just states that we're dealing with transmedium stuff that can go through space air and water so it's there anyway but it makes it very very difficult now for the Air Force to turn around and give that excuse so, so that's really really important firstly um and and, and the other thing I think there was some 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 confusion before say like, oh no so that means if I'm in a special access program I, I can't come forward and blah 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 and people interpret that language wrong but no no it's not like that it's like if you're in a special access program that has not been clearly reported to congress or Compass my access program then that's when you can come out i mean it could even be something whereby that program's communicated with congress before and say no no we're, we're, we're doing x y and z nothing to do with uaps but they've not made it clear that they are doing something with uaps so that would then allow that person to come forward because it's clear that you know congress didn't have knowledge about about that program so, so that's really, really important and then in terms of um the language you're reading as well that you can't mislead the public and, and whatnot about the city that's really really important so i mean uh, I, I think now you're going to see perhaps a different tone taken from public affairs office in the pentagon look when it comes down to susan Gough, like she's always been really really good to me she, yeah because she she's provided me with exclusive information um, that no one else has got. So for instance, you know, Lou working um, with Space Force, that that was really important and Sue didn't have to do that. So, but I mean, if, there are obviously allegations against Sue that we're aware of, so it could be that, you know, um, it could be that, um, that they may change their tune on, on some of these things uh, it could be that um the report as well would be important to the report as well once that legislation comes through because once that legislation comes through let's say that let's say that um defense officials intelligence officials do have knowledge now that these programs exist and verified that information which from my understanding is correct then to kind of like put out a report and then pretend to some extent you don't know what these are still and still using the Chinese and stuff like that, pretending that there aren't truly like strange things flying in our skies or oceans and, our, and over our atmosphere, then that would may you could potentially argue that that is misleading the public. So I, I think that's really, really promising as well in terms of transparency, transparency because Congress will want to live up to that as well. So any comments they make, <laughs> Well, they'll be they'll have to be really careful they can't a congressman can't just go oh these are all chinese drones can't say that if it's not true because that would be misleading people so that is really really important for any new briefings reports comments made so that that yeah that's yeah,
0: really important. That, excellent <laughs> and, and and we like we said this has passed through the house of representatives now so it's we're waiting for it to go into the senate and then if it passes there then it's just signed into law by the president if i'm right and you know we saw that happen last year uh, so uh, do you think that's going to be quite a smooth process
1: yes from my understanding there was some uncertainty in terms of um the house because you've got a new um, a new leader of the house coming in who's a republican and he would threaten to kind of like hold it up so that was something that was um as a threat let's say but now you've got a situation where congress um which is kind of like been the main champion in terms of the armed services and intelligence committees kind are passing this through so hopefully this is gonna be a trend a smooth transition and then by the end so that, that should hopefully go through oh gosh in the next few days because congress packs up on the 15th so yeah hopefully that happens within the next two days or so and then by the end you know by the end of the year it should hopefully be signed by Biden and um, I doubt he wants to be the first president for 60 odd years not to pass <laughs> this legislation, especially at a time when you've got, you know, um, global threats rising. So, yeah, I, I think that will go, that will go smoothly smoothly through and let's see what comes following that.
0: Absolutely. Yes. It'd be interesting to, to to see what comes. I think one thing that I'd like to just touch upon briefly before we end is, that, I mean, I still hear a lot of people saying we want more hearings, We want to hear from more people, you know, being subpoenaed to appear in front of uh, Congress. You know, Bob Lazar, Lou Elizondo, all the names that that we know have worked, you know, for the government or in UFO programs, potentially. You know, do you think that's something that's likely to happen next year? You know, we had it once this year. Do you think we'll see more of it?
1: So I put out a report that it was likely that following the signing of the National Defence Authorization Act, the sources were stating that it was kind of like likely that we might get um, hearings immediately after public hearings as well. Um, But but I think in terms of the conversations I'm having, I mean, I think the tone seems to have changed. I think people are confident that, that that, that that may happen um so I'm unsure at this moment if that may happen I think it's a good idea I think it's a really really good idea I think in terms of a public relations exercise it would be very good because in in my mind in my mind you can firstly establish in the public eye that we're not dealing with um drones and whatnot because that New York Times article really did muddy the waters um so you establish that first so you bring out people like Fravor like Dietrich, like um Kevin Day perhaps, or, or anyone like that basically, to just establish the fact that we're not dealing with this stuff. You know, even Ryan Graves would be fantastic. So I think you, you would do that first and any new witnesses as well that would be able to appear, but mostly you would do people that have been established there in the public eye anyway, at least known to people like us, but not totally known by a mainstream, more mainstream audience. And I think it would make sense to do that in January. Um, and you would hope that that would happen during a time where um, you don't have a Amber Heard and Johnny Depp Court case um, hugging the headlines. Um, so you do that. And then what you could do is you could then transition it to your Elizondos and Melons um, at that point in terms of public hearings. And um, then you would allow them to kind of like transition to this into like, yeah, weird stuff is being seen to look, there's this stuff happening as well. There's obfuscation behind the scenes. There's alleged um, retrieval programs. I'm quite certain do exist so I mean you've got that happening so I mean I'm keeping my um I'm keeping my nose close to the ground in terms of this um and you know I was the first to report the the hearings back in May um so I'm hoping to kind of like um be correct on this as well but you know either way I I I view this I I come from this at a place in terms of look there's a there's a major major scandal happening like huge beyond all imagination in terms of this uap stuff and the potential cover-up so i approach the story as a scandal and what you usually do is you talk to the whistleblowers when it comes to this kind of stuff you know you talk to whistleblowers and i I get the impression at the moment that um let's compare let's let's compare this to watergate you know so um you got a situation where like if this is watergate you've got the new york times and defense journalists talking to um nixon and his staff oh there's, there's no cover-up cool we're going to report that to the uh, we're going to report that to the world now no cover-up nixon says nothing going on here nothing to see no drama end of story you know that that that's <laughs> that's exactly what it's like with, with what's going on with the these reporters and it's awful it really, really is awful and um I think the other thing, I don't like to criticise journalists, but I mean, even me being someone who views this as a scandal, at least in my stories, I also allow Susan Goff to have her say as well, or the Pentagon to have their say. So I can balance out and say, look, he said, she said, whatever, you know, I I did that with the US Air Force um, uh, story that I recently did with you know people being threatened and stuff in the US Air Force which by the way did a complete kind of like 360 and how they viewed this at first they were going to work for the UAP task force for instance and then all of a sudden they just backed down but th- that's really really how I see this you know the, the New York Times reporter Barnes he could have gone to um he could have gone to Lou, he could have gone to Mellon just to kind of like say look this is what's coming out from my sources um this is what's coming from the Pentagon in terms of goth what do you say? Like, surely, you know, like, Liberation Times is not holden as, like, some international treasure, you know, but still, I feel that I should, you know, for my readers, provide two sides where possible. It's not always possible, I agree, but given the resources and the reputation of the New York Times, the fact that it couldn't talk to two separate sources, and also um, went against its own practice as well, and providing anonymous sources, it, it really, really harkens at something is going on and look i'm i i really i realize that anonymous sources are really really important when reporting matters of like national security and stuff you know that's really really important but that makes it even more important in new york times case to speak to someone from the other side to get another steer on this um apologies i'm really really passionate about this Vinny. um <laughs> that's quite,
0: that's <laughs> so, fine. But,
1: but yeah that that's that is how i feel about the story um yeah but what i can say is i think there's gonna be really really good stuff coming from um both the daily mail and um liberation times next year i think there's some great great stuff coming out and um the year's not even over yet so who knows what else we can see
0: no, absolutely. And I look forward to seeing what you come out with. And I really appreciate you joining me today. And um, we we could have sat and gone through all 33 pages. But I think we just sort of wanted to touch upon the key points. And for anybody who does want to delve deeper, like I said, the link below, um, you can find Douglas Dean Johnson's article, which links to the 33 pages of UAP provisions. So please, by all means, go and uh, dig deep, do your own research and um, make your own mind up how important you think it is. But Thank you again, Chris. Really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you to everyone for watching. Um, We should have some more shows coming out between now and Christmas. So uh, please make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and all that good stuff. But for now, everyone, thank you, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye.
1: Thank you.